listening to Dad's Diapers and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dad's Diapers and Drinks. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm Nathan. And I'm Jeff. You are listening to another episode. I don't know. Uh, you always say that, too. I always say that. It's totally redundant, because I just said, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to, to the show. Episode. You're listening again. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to a, believe it or not, it's another episode. <laughs> I know you're because, shocked, because it's happening in your ears right now. This is another episode. It's because the only thing I ever have planned to say is, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode. <laughs> then after you guys say, I'm Nathan, I'm Jeff, then I... Uh, <laughs> 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 then hold on to your butts here comes another one <laughs> then um uh, then i'm lost <laughs> he's in the weeds fully he like, stepped crap. out of the field i oh, need wow. i need to say more words now um and you're listening to another episode is uh, always always what comes out I'll, I'll save uh, you i'll save you scott uh we are drinking a specialty today yes we are scott procured it oh, i did share with so, us so over the weekend we were in uh rockford illinois is where where they speak like Aussies? They do not. <laughs> uh, a, it's actually a very high Swedish population oh, there. Interesting. Um, I don't know Give why. Give us your best Swedish accent. I literally can't. I have uh, no idea what it sounds like. Swedish. I have an idea. I can only think of the meatballs. Got the Venus I one. used to work with Swedish people. Um, I'm covered in do. That's all I know. <laughs> covered in do. <laughs> it's. Uh, it would take me a long time to get a Swedish accent down. I just. I don't listen to it spoken enough. I believe in you. Um, but uh, yeah, we were. I we got to spend the evenings with our friends that we've known since Jeff and I were in diapers. Uh, nice. And uh, we <laughs> had a rather stressful day with family, and Kyle and I went out and got some drinks. And Kelsey said, "If they have old fashioned in a bottle, you should get it." I don't think she knew that that actually exists. But it does. It does. So Dude, that's what I had earlier too. They're great. Yeah. Well, I remember that Dad actually had some, and uh, we found it at Woodman's, the grocery store, mm. and bought it. And it is stinking delicious. It's an old fashioned. It's yeah. literally missing the orange curl and a cherry, and uh huh. It doesn't even really need it, but like it would look better. That's it. <laughs> so our dad bought that old fashioned mix. Yeah. And I was at his house. It was probably last week or something. When we when he brought it out, mm-hmm. and he liked it so much, he had three of them, which is a lot <laughs> yeah. for an old fashioned. That's a lot. It's mostly. I alcohol. have never seen my father like this. He was on the couch. He's like, "Oh man, I don't think I can get up." <laughs> uh, oh, that's so great. Yeah, that's bourbon, man. You know this. It's like I drank those so fast. They're so good. <laughs> they're they're just delicious, dude. They're uh, great. Good. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's the the high west old fashioned is what uh, we're drinking. Yes. I don't know if I don't even know if they sell that here. We we well, drove seven there, hours. And there got is it. another company yeah. that has premixes, and they have a bunch of different cocktails, mm-hmm. and they're all like bourbon based. And you can get just their bourbon, but then they have their their mix. Yeah. I've seen them at the uh, the state liquor agency in Giant Eagle. Huh. A couple of places. Huh. Maybe then, maybe we'll try some something else. 
Yeah, they, they sell one of them at Heinen's. We're but also I'm going there for my for my vacation. I'm gonna grab. We're well. also open to recommendations. Um, most boys, since you apparently listen, as Jeff just told us. Um, hey, I know you're bourbon people. If you guys have any uh, any recommendations, yes, hit us up. Let us know. I would say email us at deadstoppersdrinksandgmail.com, but you guys both have our phone numbers. You can just text us. So <laughs> seize the day. Yeah. yeah. We don't give that one out publicly. <laughs> Jeff, what, what not, do you have? Not until it talks to you. I'm, I am drinking some Elijah Craig. I'm trying Sorry. to bury this bottle and <laughs> then so uh, pick up a enough. new one for vacation. More nice. Elijah Craig. So my, yeah, my Elijah Craig bourbon. Solid stuff. Highly recommend. If you're yep. in the bourbon world. I'm a fan. I, I like saw it. it. I saw it on the shelf at Woodman's and uh, it reminded me of you because I, I hadn't heard of it before you were drinking it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there's Elijah Craig. Good. Yeah, it's pretty smooth stuff. I'm a fan. Yep. Yeah. So while while Scott was off in vac not vacation visiting family land I guess no, family vacation not even close to vacation. <laughs> Gosh, it was a labor of was love. Was it nice and every, peaceful and relaxing? Every part of it. No, I'm exhausted today. Uh, so I, I spent the weekend putting floors in to our parents' small business that they're nice. refurbishing right now. So I I was installing floors all weekend and I hurt. I bet. So that is an that is an unpleasant business. Um, I have not seen a picture it, of the floors yet. I heard they look really good. Dude, they, it turned out great. A, a lot of credit to our uncle Stuart, who I actually hadn't Which, seen in yeah. Forever. I was I was sad that this is the weekend he came. I, I know it was kind of last minute. He just I said, "Hey, seen I, you know, it's long, long weekend. I got nothing. I can drive up there and help you put floors in." <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> nice, cool. So he was there, and he's a, a very meticulous person, mm -hmm. very smart, very. But very detailed, very detailed person. He's a librarian at colleges, so he's oh. extraordinarily yep. detailed. Um, and that is exactly what you need when you have a guy who needs to make all the cuts for the floors. Yes, the cuts, you cut. The cuts were perfect, <laughs> which is so huge for flooring. Um, so my dad and I were just doing the laying of it, and my uncle was doing the, all the planning and cutting which mm. was a great system. We busted the thing out in a weekend. So that's awesome. Very cool. But there's a really cool experience that I had, which is probably worth sharing here. Mm. So if, if you have heard me previously say the person that who you're hearing talk now is so different from who I was like seven years ago, six years ago, mm. before I got married, before I really turned my life around as like, a, and I actually had a really big coming to as Christians would say, coming to the cross, but as a like, I hit rock You're bottom and I said, I need to decide to Jesus what home. my life is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm going to take God up on his promise that he says, if you build your life on the rock, I will be faithful to you. I was like, all right, I'm going to try that because my life sucks. <laughs> uh, and if God's really there and this is a real thing, then this would be a good idea to do. So I'm going to try that. Mm -hmm. And I did. And God's really there. And my life is pretty amazing now. Mm -hmm. So God truly blessed me from doing this thing. Anyway, I haven't seen my, our family's pretty far apart. My uncle lives in Tennessee and we live up in Ohio. So we don't see them very often. And especially he and I don't interact nearly like we have, we did this past weekend very often. It's not like you spend many weekends, 20 hours with your uncle. Mm -hmm. But after spending this whole weekend with him and working like crazy to get this flooring done, he said to me, he said, Jeff, the kid that I knew when we all lived in the same state, in the same area growing up, I would have never thought that you would have worked this hard on flooring. <laughs> That's kind and of I amazing. Like, I said, I know something really changed in me about six years ago. And he was like, yeah, it really did. You very much, you very much surprised me and impressed me with 
the way you carry yourself. And I also have my, my wife, and my two kids over and he got to meet my new baby who was just born and he was all, you know, all oh, babies. Oh my gosh. And all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so it was one of those moments to me, which was a big, wow. I feel so old and mature and so changed from who I was when I was younger. And for my uncle to just go, you know what? I haven't seen you much recently, but you're so different than when you were when you were younger. I'm just surprised at who you've become. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, that feels, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, that's things. crazy. It's just super big, though. Like seriously, to have someone like to really strive for something in your life to to try and change and be like to truly recognize, you know, like this is an area that I need to fix. Like I need to do something and to like actually do something about it and have someone affirm that in you. Oh man. Totally unprovoked oh, too. Yes. It, if, especially when it's completely unprovoked. Right. Oh my word. You can say, Uncle Stuart, do I seem <laughs> different to you? Do <laughs> I? Something you look different. fatter. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you put a few pounds on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You're a little whiter than you were before. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I had a, a pretty interesting weekend. I uh, went camping, Hawking Hills, which is, if you know, people are outside of Ohio is a really awesome central Ohio park, like just jaw dropping. It was sadly super crowded. Uh, yeah. uh, it was, there were points when we were hiking, probably one of the most popular hikes that uh, it was like a line in Cedar point. Really Shoot. Standing there waiting to hike. That's the people worst. were in your way. And it was like, That's- this is gorgeous and i also hate it (laughs) (laughs) oh this beautiful view is ruined by all these people i mean but they've just done some amazing stuff like they have like basically these like these like bridges that are like art pieces essentially they're like cobbled together like platforms of like cement that are like cantilevered and stuff like someone really put a lot of thought into these um and it's just a beautiful park but it was it was fun camping and probably the coolest experience is uh it was Sunday night, like all of Sunday, it rained, like and it sucked. Like it rained uh, like Saturday night into Sunday, and then almost all of Sunday. So we didn't get to go hiking or anything, which was kind of a bummer. But then Sunday evening, it had like dried out, and it just went from cloudy to like unbelievably clear, like crazy clear. And it's Hawking Hills. You're in the middle of the park. It's 15 miles to the nearest town. Or anything. So there's no light pollution whatsoever. And we were right near this park and they had a like basketball court. So there's this big open area and you could literally see the Milky Way. Like we were watching satellites. Like you could just find Mm -hmm. a satellite and watch it go because you could see the stars and then the sub stars (laughs) and then the sub, sub, sub stars. And you could literally see the band of the Milky Way. And I've never seen that. Like I didn't even want to leave. (laughs) It was just It's actually one of the fun facts of Ohio and Pennsylvania where yeah. it's one of the best stargazing places in the world for real. Yeah. I think so Pennsylvania I have... has an area that's considered oh. the best stargazing area in like the Western hemisphere. Yeah. Pennsylvania. That's crazy. Cause I remember yeah, it's bizarre. When we were kids, we went to Montana. Like I was eight years oh, yeah. old and you were six. Mm-hmm. I was tiny, yeah. And I remember when we were out in the middle of nowhere, the stargazing was insane. Um, like I have vis- vivid memories of that, and I can't imagine Ohio and Pennsylvania being better. I but, know, but apparently Pennsylvania dude, is peak, and yeah. Ohio is really good. Like there was, we could see uh, Jupiter, 
Jupiter was blinding. It was like the moon out there. It was so <laughs> bright. In comparison to everything else, it was astonishing. We saw, I don't know, 12 shooting stars. Jeez. Like Chris actually caught one on like he was taking like a long exposure photo uh-huh. and it ended up turning it into like a video on his phone uh-huh. and you could actually like watch the meteor go across. <laughs> and it was sweet. like, what? It was so cool. There was like, it was honestly like unbelievable. Like you, like I genuinely didn't believe that it was happening. Like, I don't know. It was just amazing. So awesome. that was like, honestly worth the entire time being there. And honestly, hiking and everything was really great. And just having some time outside and with Katie's family as well was really good. But that was like highlight for me for sure. Yeah, that would be mine as well. There's also good. perfect temperature outside too. Oh, this, and I love that we're oh, not- this time of year, man. Oh, it's so good. I love that we're not dying in my basement right now. I know. It feels, it's so great. I'm so comfortable right now. <laughs> it's really great. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, my weekend, I, we already said this, I drove with Kelsey and our seven-month-old, almost eight months- um, son to visit his other great grandparents um and our mother was there as well and uh relationships you know family is just difficult sometimes <laughs> i'm sure everyone <laughs> yeah. listening can relate in some way mm-hmm. and there was a big fight and somehow i was right in the middle of it and oh. that's just my least favorite thing because they're they're fighting about things that i had no I did not cause. I was a newborn when this happened. <laughs> I, I have no clue. You guys should have seen a counselor decades ago. And now I'm the guy trying to calm you two down. And it was just like, I was like, no, I'm not the counselor. And I walked downstairs. Did they drag you into the middle of it? Because that's the worst. When they're like having an argument, like, Scott, Scott, you know what I mean? And they're like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, man. That, I, I didn't have it. I literally didn't have a choice. My, my girl. <laughs> That's funny. Was, uh, so my grandma walks in the front door. She's uh-huh. she's 82 years old. She doesn't walk great. She's got a walker. She she's got kind of a bum leg. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just had a rough go of life over the last few years, and yeah. Yeah. um, she also has some mannerisms that can be a little grating at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I see all of that, but I also have a, a ton of patience with her because I understand that she's old. And mm-hmm. it's not going to change. And mm-hmm. um, I still love her because she's my grandma. And I just, I just brush kind of, I just brush that stuff off. It's not a big deal. My mom, on the other hand, can't let it go. And uh, it just results in fights every single time. And th- nothing changes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, I, I've said this before, but it's, it's not, it's, it's a very basic statement, but it's somehow profound and needs, it bears repeating. Nothing changes if nothing changes. <laughs> Yep. I just we, want this situation to change. Yeah. Have you done anything different? No. no. Well, it's probably no, it's not, not gonna. <laughs> yeah. So literally every time my mom and grandma are together, the same types of things bother my mom. And then she has the same types of responses. Mm-hmm. And my grandma has the same types of reactions to those responses. And it just blows up every single time Oof. for years, my entire <laughs> life. Always. And it drives me up a freaking wall. Um, this is turning into me sitting on a couch talking to my counselor. But, <laughs> Take a drink. Wait, where's your drink? It's already going. Mike. It's, just, <laughs> it's, been, it's been ten minutes. Uh, I am stressed out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Grandma walks in the door, hobbles in the door, and just starts crying and just like 
falls into me pretty much. And I'm hugging her like, what's wrong, grandma? And she just starts going on and on and on. And then I was finally like done. My sympathy had run out and <laughs> mm-hmm. I just had to drop a few truth bombs in there. I was like, I, I had nothing to do with this mess and I'm not your counselor. And I walked away. So, <laughs> oh. uh, it was it was brutal. Oh um, man, rip that bandit so, off! God. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man. And then, uh, and that's when I bought the old fashioned. That night. <laughs> and it was that evening I knew I had to fix this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, there were there were fun times over the weekend. I, I'll admit we we got oh, to go yeah. to. Edward's Apple Orchard, which is, uh, um, I, I hear you bumped into the, some old family friends there too. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, we bumped into the buyers, uh, Chris Who and Lord. we've also known since childhood. Man. Yeah. We had no idea they were Who there. don't live in Illinois anymore. They were visiting. They, back live, in, there they live in Minneapolis. Um, Lori's mother still lives in Rockford and they were visiting her mother. We were visiting our grandmother. Wow. And we went to the same apple orchard on the same day at the same time <laughs> and saw each other and it was crazy. So that was fun. It was very fun. Um, and then uh, uh, my grandparents really enjoyed being around Davis um, and he was a little angel for them, which was also Classic. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't all bad. There, there's only, only that one that one explosion that made it taste a little more sour but mm-hmm. o- overall it was a good visit and i'm glad we went we also saw uh grandma sally um mm. which i was reluctant to do so but then it actually turned out to be a great visit and it was a perfect it was like a perfect gachins slash schwarzler amount of time to spend together mm-hmm. it's like we're giving you one hour and <laughs> and that's as much as either of us can tolerate yeah Let, and, let's face it that's all the conversation that we and got then, then we're good for the next year and a half um so it, it was a great visit, honestly. Uh, she was super excited to hold Davis and get pictures with him, and um, yeah, it was great. So um, yeah, it was it was a good trip overall. Just there was there were moments of not great. There always are with family. <laughs> yeah, family. Am um, I right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, none of that segues into today's topic, but we're gonna move on. <laughs> well, we're about to do it anyways. Um, Let's hit it hard. We're recording late, and that was a decently long intro. So here we go. We're talking about the idea of political morality slash the moral high ground, um, however you want to phrase it mm-hmm. in today's episode. Um, so it's tough being a Christian. It's I have a tough time um, learning that other Christians don't think the exact same way I do. About political things, yeah. Because um, I feel like my ideas are so—I don't know. It, and this, this is kind of an Andy Stanley saying. Um, Did you know that everything everyone does makes sense to them? <laughs> it's just like, duh. <laughs> exactly. It's a, an obvious statement, but when when someone phrases it like that, you're like, oh, yeah. And everything I do makes perfect sense to me, and I don't understand why other people don't think the way I do. Mm-hmm. Um. So, basically. When it comes to morals, as a Christian, I feel like the way I think about political issues should be the way everyone thinks about political issues. Yeah. But people come out on all all sides of the spectrum here. Um, so I, I don't know why that is. Um, 
I, I think the culture has a pretty big influence on the church, unfortunately. Um, and the church influences the culture as well, but it feels like in these days, the culture is winning. Um, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure you guys might agree in some capacity, but, mm-hmm. um, oh, I mean, I definitely agree with the statement that the culture is doing more of the heavy lifting than the church is mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. I feel like the church definitely has a, a go along to get along mentality. Um, it has, yeah. it has for decades. And cause you don't want to offend anybody. You want to be a welcoming environment for anyone who has questions about Christianity and you don't want to be turning anyone away. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, our culture is so twisted that the church has to become twisted in some ways to be attractive to the culture. Um, yeah. So I feel like that is a pitfall though, is yeah. the idea that if we just bend our church enough to make it easier, like a nice ramp for people to come up into church. Well, it's not that big. Just we'll just bend that morality or bend that thought process a little bit so that people are more likely to come in and be a part of our church. I feel like there's, that could almost be off-putting at a certain point. It doesn't feel genuine anymore. Right. Yeah. Like everyone, <laughs> it's hard to keep that facade up. Like everyone knows what you're doing. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's where I think seeker-sensitive churches are extremely vulnerable to oh, that type of thing. It is a very uh, fine line to walk for sure. Right. Um, the, the, one of the things that you were driving at is the, the difficulty that we see is there's so many people that because we're Christian, we want to do the quote good thing. We want to be good. We want to be loving to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And the way we have defined loving to your neighbor mm. is like so broad now. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean loving to, hey, you should be a good neighbor to my neighbor who lives over over there next door to me. Mm-hmm. It means, yeah. no, you should support social programs for health care. It's like, well, that yeah. is not well, what Jesus love, probably meant. Loving but someone, people will take it that way. Yeah, it becomes loving someone is just however it's received. It, it has nothing to do with what your intentions are. It's what they, it's not what you said, it's what I heard. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. But that's the basis of why it's like controlling language is is the basis of controlling thought. Like if you can control exactly. language, you can literally control people's thoughts. You don't give them. Are, are like, you aware of what Michael Knowles new best-selling book is called? No, <laughs> it's called not. speechless controlling words, controlling minds. Well, right. like that's the whole so thing. You just so literally if, subtitled his book. I, mean, I didn't mean you to. Said the exact <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad I'm in a good th- uh, thought process. Cause he's a smart dude. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but like just the whole idea of like, we've changed what loving is. The definition yeah. of that we've changed like and and honestly it's kind of been a fault that the the church has just basically kind of let the culture decide as opposed to saying no this is what we think and i mean there's yeah. also some division within that thought process as well so that makes it even more difficult yeah so where i was going with all that is that our, our culture nowadays is definitely uh, a morally relativistic culture yeah um we've talked about this before like the uh, the episode that just aired uh this week was episode 12 yep which was uh seven lies the world will tell your kids unless you do something we uh um talked about that mike winger video when he was interviewing elizabeth urbanowicz mm-hmm. um and rolls right off the tongue yeah that was not an easy last name <laughs> no <laughs> even more difficult than ours i think yeah um, surprising but um 
Yeah, there one of the points there in there was about moral moral relativism. Right. They talked about this, and they were talking about objective truth, moral relativism. Three drinks is choking on those words. Oh, this is gonna be a long episode. And, uh, <laughs> and Mike Winger said some quote. Um, it was like, "Just because someone doesn't feel like you're loving them, that, that doesn't mm. mean you're not loving them." Yeah. And the the reason he's able to say that is because he believes truth is objective, mm-hmm. and he believes that, um, yeah, that you can love someone even though they don't feel loved. Like it's punishing your children; they probably don't feel loved, but you do it because you actually do love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think the three of us are, b- believe that truth is objective. Obviously, as we talked about in that episode. Um, so we're gonna. I want to try to talk about how that relates to moral relativism not just objective not just subjective truth but but we want to focus it on morals Mm -hmm. in this conversation so i had i was trying to come up with some notes for today and i found a a really good video just explaining what moral relativism is Mm -hmm. just kind of a 13 minute video uh the link is in the show notes or description however it's phrased um (laughs) it's down below (laughs) (laughs) Click on the thing. <laughs> Go look the, for it. The, it's there. One of the phrases I used to heard is the link is in the doobly-doo. In, yeah. It's in the whatever the heck you're looking at description box field. It's right. in the doobly-doo. Right. So you can watch it for yourself. Um, everything I'm going to say here is basically a summary of what that video is. So these are not my thoughts. These are those guys' thoughts. And they pretty much ripped it off from everyone else who's ever thought about this stuff. Um, and I mean, I don't like have our thoughts. Ever so, heard. Yeah. Like There's every, going to be our thoughts. The only as well, original but. idea in the past two thousand years came from Christ. Yeah. So everything right. else is a ripoff. Right. All right. That's so to define moral relativism, moral relativism claims that there is no absolute universal or objective morality. Morality is relative to a particular society or time period. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, different cultures have different rules and different things that make sense to them. Okay, mm-hmm. that's basically moral understandable. Relativism. They, they punish different things and they permit or they uh, condone certain things based on the mm-hmm. moral relativity of the culture. The truth or falsity of any moral claim is dependent on when or where it was said. So okay. example this, of that would be like slavery is evil. If you said mm-hmm. that 500 years ago, anywhere, they'd go, no, it ain't. Yes. It took a lot of convincing for the South to believe slavery was, it was actually evil. Yes. Um, yeah. But they eventually came around, I think. And mm-hmm. there might be some fragments of society that still believe. Actually, human trafficking is still a massive problem. And I don't, I hopefully, I choose to believe that they don't think that's right. They so that, probably that's don't part think of the point right. that that's we're going to make later is even the people doing it. All right. We'll no. Get, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> right. Even though I, I'm doing it. This, yeah. this isn't good. Yeah. Other, other examples are like monogamy or polygamy. Mm-hmm. Some cultures, some religions encourage polygamy. Others say monogamy is the way to go. Um, Christianity is a monogamous endorsement. Uh-huh. Uh, contraception. Some people see it as responsible. Others see it as a complete sin. Uh, infanticide, uh, slavery, Catholics. like we just said. Child marriage is... Oof, those types of things. Yeah, see, that's a that's, that's a perfect example yeah. right there. Oof, oof, <laughs> that's total knee jerk right there. All right, so now I'm going to quickly go through the strengths and weaknesses of moral relativism. The strengths of moral moral relativism is that moral relativism perfectly explains why 
moral disagreements exist, which I actually think that statement's wrong. But okay, uh, this is a perceived a, p- a potential strength of it. All right, this is just, I'm just summarizing the video. Okay, carry on, carry on. Uh, <laughs> and the reason that this explains why moral disagreements exist is because theoretically, objective morality would have been discovered by now, and everyone would have agreed to live by it. And since it hasn't been discovered, and since people don't live by some objective moral standard, mm-hmm. it must not exist. That's that's the thought. Okay, okay, that's the argument so, that's put forward for that statement. Essentially, this is like a self-proving argument, which doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. All we have is moral relati- relativity. Like most cultures have different rules and stuff. So, well, with like in the absence of moral abs absolutivity <laughs> that's not a statement Ab- that's not a word and the, Ab- in the Ab- yeah absolute moral yeah truth uh, truth yeah <laughs> in in the absence of that it, everything is obviously morally relative yeah well if, i think the in that sense right and the biggest example of this today i think is like radical islamists um especially with the taliban taking over afghanistan being in our recent memory mm-hmm. um they believe that um they're I'm going to totally botch the way I phrase this, but um, their calling in life is for jihad or mm-hmm. uh, like a, a war against the infidels. And they think America is are just full of infidels. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, morally, they believe they are correct in suicide bombing and um, abusing women and everything that the Quran says well, they should you do. You only call it abusing women because you don't think because you think women should be able to show their faces in public. I yeah. do. I do think that. Yeah. It, you, that's why you that's call it abuse. If you don't think that, then it's not abuse. Mm. Right. As, as opposed to our Western culture where we think all that stuff is wrong. Um, so those are two examples of moral relativism being present in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, the next strength of moral relativism is that it better explains the existence of cultural diversity. For example, if there was one correct way to act one correct set of moral principles, then all cultures would be the same, which is kind of basically what I said a second ago. Mm. The fact that no two cultures are the same is evidence for cultural relativism. I mean, there's some very cultural similarities. I mean, there's some cultures that are like... Right. It, basically the same. Yes. I mean, I understand and the a lot of A lot of Western countries are similar, mm. but that... I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's definitely an argument. I'll give it as a point that that stands enough to be refuted. Right. I would and say the, the, I, the re- reading what you have just stated. The refutations of all this sounds are, to me like a coming. nice simplified answer. Yeah. Right. The, the refutations of all these points I'm reading now are coming later. So mm-hmm. just yep. hang tight. <laughs> <clears throat> Moral relativism is the best ethical basis for cultural tolerance. And my question right off the bat is, why is tolerance such a thing worth achieving? <laughs> why is it such a prioritized word that, now? That, yeah. It's emotionally strains me. Remember what used to say, like, <laughs> can you tolerate your brother for five minutes? It's right. Like, that wasn't a positive. <laughs> right. Well, carry on. I once heard a pastor, uh, James McDonald, mm-hmm. say tolerance is for people, not for ideas. There are... Bad ideas that we need not tolerate. We need to tolerate all people. Can you just tolerate that I like to murder my children? It's like no, that's a no? terrible idea. <laughs> Where's not tolerate? I'm not tolerate that. And the specific example he used is uh, 
I will not tolerate a doctor doing surgery who doesn't wash his hands first. Mm. So can you just idea. tolerate my experimentation on kittens? No. <laughs> See, look, but look, I would tolerate totally a doctor a face, like, has a... <laughs> Honestly. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I'm not a cat guy. Go ahead. <laughs> Scott. Morality is example, I tolerate a doctor who has a southern draw yeah. and that I can't understand draw. very clearly, but I wouldn't tolerate him if he didn't wash his hands before surgery. Yes. Right. There's differences here. The word's drawl, anyway. by the way. Not draw. Drawl. D-R-A-W-L. Boom. Drawl. Drawl. Southern drawl. Anyway. Today I learned. Um, I, don't, I think I'm allergic to cats, by the way. Like, I was sneezing all weekend. Grandparents have a cat. Yeah. And uh, other grandma <laughs> has a lot of cats. A lot of cats. We, we mentioned her before. I she, will say repeated exposure <laughs> does reduce that because I don't think you had that much of an issue with Holly when she lived in the house. I, I, I didn't. Katie used to be allergic and now she is completely fine. And now it's like every time I go to my parents' house, I'm sneezing. And yeah, that's weird. I used to be allergic to dogs. No, I have a dog and I'm fine. Yeah, we have a dog. I'm fine. I don't know. I just feel like we're just a little bit pansies now. We need to rub our face and some allergens. True. <laughs> anyway. Get some cat fur to brush and put it in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> Shove it up there. Anyway, back to the point. Moral relativism is the best ethical basis for cultural tolerance. If we mm-hmm. choose to see other cultures as different rather than better or worse, then we are in a better position to be more tolerant. We will learn. Okay. Yeah. Forget they can be more tolerant that's of the Nazis dumb. next time they come up. They're just <laughs> yeah. different. They just like to melt people in front of That's exactly what that's exactly <laughs> oh, what one of the refutations later is. Uh, so you don't have a leg to stand on with moral relativism. You can't okay. say anything's worse than the other. Anyway, uh we will yeah. learn to respect all cultures and practices and perhaps learn from one another. Yeah, we'll learn from one another. We can learn how to build big furnaces. And yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. How, right, sh- cool. how should I be treating women who commit adultery, according to the Islamists? You should, I should literally behead them in the street. Burn them at the stake. Oh, okay. Mm, check that no. box. Learned it. Yeah, women have it real bad in America, don't they? Uh, it's miserable here. Uh, you get college. Drives me crazy. vote. <laughs> God. You know, Handmaid's Jeff, tale. I'm going to say... You could have a point to make there. Gosh, we're <laughs> you so, get college. We're so freaking delusional. Dun, dun, dun. Part of our negotiations. <laughs> I will give you college. And you're going to like it. Uh, we're so freaking delusional. Some of our negotiations with the Taliban involved negotiating equal rights equal rights for women. Yep. Like, these are the freaking Taliban. They you think They don't agree with you. <laughs> they sorry. don't give a rat's ass, dude. <laughs> Man. Oh, God. Uh, We're so s- drinking our own Kool-Aid. It's disgusting. Anyway, all right. Hit me with them weaknesses. Here are the weaknesses of moral relativism. Okay. It presupposes that the existence of objective objective morality would mean that everyone knows what it is. That objective morality is discoverable. Mm-hmm. So, the to explain that further, we can have absolute moral truths, but be unaware of them. Which yeah. I completely agree with. I what's an example of it that? makes sense <laughs> um, an example of that is that murder is wrong or um, yeah well uh, at the very end he went into some ways that the two objective morality and and moral relativity kind of can kind of merge and one mm-hmm. is that um, like the greater good of society is an objective moral truth I think mm-hmm. um I don't know. Uh, you have to watch the video. I, I don't remember what he said. Um, 
Moral relativists deny the existence of objective moral truth before they're really knowing if we've ever discovered it. All we know is that we haven't discovered it yet. Mm. Um, if that makes sense. So moral relativists say that because we we haven't discovered actually the same logic as evolution then. Just well, yeah, because we haven't discovered what the objective moral truth is, and if we had discovered it, we'd all be living by it. That means it must not exist. Which is not true. It just means we it's don't know. The, what, that, that's the exact same argument atheists make about God. But it's yeah, they say, yeah. because I can't prove it right now in my time as I'm speaking. It's not true. And it's like different consider that maybe you just don't have the tools. Well, that's the thing. But that doesn't mean he's not there. You just don't have the tools to prove it. It's based inside the idea that it's going to come into reality like gravity is, or like some scientific understanding yeah, some even measurable still, way even the thing even like gravity is a, a terrific example because we still don't even understand gravity apparently gravity affects time people don't understand <laughs> that i don't even understand it yeah it's crazy but like like yeah. those kinds of things and so it's this idea that we're just going to be able to completely understand like like well we haven't discovered yet it obviously doesn't agree okay let's say for instance i was given the objective morality who's to say that you would even believe it like, yeah, exactly. Like you Plus. would have to have a divine being that everyone completely agreed upon that what they said was right. And who's to say that everyone would even do that? Right. Again, literally considering that we are Christians, look, the 10 commandments is a bullet point list of this is pretty much objective morality. This is really close to it. Yeah. There's more stuff, but pretty much stick with these and you're good. There's a and good guideline. Go, nah, those aren't real. It's like, okay, well, that's uh, fine. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can reject it, but the the example they gave in the video was uh, just because scientists disagree on the origin of the human race does not mean that there must be one. Uh, does not mean that there must not be one single explanation. Mm-hmm. There is a single explanation for how we got here. We just don't really know what the answer is. We yet. just don't know. That is, yeah. a, that's, that's a good one. This is a classic fault of evolutionary scientists: mm-hmm. is when there isn't an answer, they basically disregard it as possible. They go, well, then that's not, then that's not, it's not possible yeah, and they, because we can't prove it. They criticize like, us dude, for having a, yeah. a God of the gaps, you know, yeah. they have evolution of the gaps in such an unbelievable way. They literally invented right. an entire origin story for a monkey because they found some teeth and they were like, well, this has to be from this type of orangutan. And it turned out that it was, no, it was like pig's teeth. And they went, oh, we backfilled an entire history because it couldn't possibly be something we couldn't explain. It's like, bro, (laughs) you can't do that. Yeah. It's craziness. Yeah. Another weakness of moral relativity is that cultures have more similarities than they do differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not going to go many places where murdering someone in cold blood is just casually accepted. Right. And, And in radical Islam, depending on what the murder was for, it is accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in general, murder, theft, torture of the innocent, um, rape, those are all seen as bad <laughs> by most cultures. They are morally They're wrong. punishable in many different ways. I mean, um, even like in abogor- aboriginaries, aboriginaries, aboriginies, those, <laughs> aboriginals. those guys, I could not, could not say it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know what this, exactly the word don't is. Don't worry, but they're like, not listening. But like, uh, <laughs> it's true, they'll know. <laughs> Good point. Oh man, I really don't want to offend the aboriginals. Um, they're such a large part of our audience base. Uh, it's like even they have a moral code of when murder, for instance, 
is accepted. So it's not even considered murder. It's considered like a justified killing, you know, even in those sorts of cultures. So the idea that like murder inherent where it's just like, I want you dead. You're now dead because of me isn't even accepted. There's still a moral code, even under those instances where they live in constant violence. Yeah. So and I think Islam has honor killings too. I don't yeah. fully know. I mean, duels are technically considered acceptable. I don't even think the duel law has been like eradicated in every single state. So, like you can have pistol duels. Can I do that? <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> no, I'm like, still doing this. <laughs> I don't think it's an Ohio thing, but I know, I feel like there is a state. I heard it from somewhere. I could totally be off base though. Sorry. Sidetrack. It's all good. Um, to further explain this idea, cultures have more moral similarities than differences. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you use moral differences as proof of moral relativism, then by the same token, you can use moral similarities mm-hmm. to prove moral objectivism. Mm-hmm. So essentially Careful, you're setting up terms of a debate with, with people who don't like terms of debate, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> essentially this, this point kills itself yeah um, this so this isn't a proof of moral objectivism but it just says that you can't prove moral relativism using the differences of morals between cultures as yeah, your that's like just a reason it's a bad argument right um all right next weakness uh why don't i phrase it this way i don't know anyway i'll just read it i'll read it the way i wrote <laughs> it's like, I, wrote, I wrote it as a question <laughs> Uh, would, a, would a moral relativist really say that slavery or infanticide was was truly moral at the time when it was accepted by culture? I'm going to be honest and say I don't know what infanticide is. Uh, I took murder that as, children. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not not abortion. Not like before they're born, but literal like murder of children. Okay. Um. Good to know. So, for example, um, people saying that slavery was wrong. Mm-hmm. which is most people. Yeah. Um, they need to also be able to say that they would have been part of that culture at a time when slavery wasn't seen as wrong and still be able to say that it, this is wrong. Um, um, so, and that's where I, I, I never make that claim uh, because I'm pretty sure that if I lived, if it were a cultural norm, mm-hmm. it's tough to know how I would have perceived it. You know mm-hmm. what I really have thought about it even though I am a Christian and I want to think I would have been a Christian back then too. It's at, mm-hmm. and there's so many things that you can be blind to just because it's so normal in the culture. Like I, I guess a modern example would be um, watching TV shows or movies that are just inundated with sex and uh, violence and bad language. Like which I literally yeah. don't think anything of. I know. I don't it. even flinch. Our mom still freaks out every time. I don't even flinch. Yeah. Maybe she's onto so, something. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe 50 years now from now, people will go, can you believe they used to put this on TV? I'm like, yeah, that was the thing that we didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. It's just what we did. Right. So it's hard to know in the middle of it, but it doesn't make it good. It doesn't mean no. that because I wasn't aware, because I'm not a moral relativist, it might mean that I'm currently living in sin in some way that I don't even realize. Well, that's right. But I accept that that's a possibility that I'm just living in some sinful way right now. Right. It's it's interesting though because you can kind of get tricked into like it's convoluted enough that you can easily get tricked into believing 
that it is all relative because from that perspective, from a cultural perspective, it was morally acceptable to have slavery, like real legitimate, I own you, you're a person, slavery, not like slavery in the Bible where you're a servant, but like literal like slavery. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. that, that was seen as, as moral, but it's like, okay, well, it's, uh, it's relative. Well, it's not really relative because it's objectively wrong and we can see that it's objectively wrong to own another human being because we believe life is sacred. So it's like, okay, it is relative. It's like, well, it's relative in that culture because they've made it acceptable. But it doesn't mean that it is actually relative. It's actually objective. It just looks relative. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it hides in the weeds like that. You can, and, it, when you first look at it, it looks entirely relative. Yeah, like, we can not, not to it. jump. I don't, I don't mean to jump you forward, but that is the the great C.S. Lewis observation mm -hmm. in the opening of Mere Christianity. Yep. I'm going to read. Is what, we'll get which there. is what to you seems to be some subjective thing that you're experiencing right mm -hmm. now is really a reflection of you bumping up against something that actually exists out there. Yeah. You're bumping into something and going, huh, I need to make some sort of decision about something for some reason. Like you have to prove your reasons that why you think slavery is mm -hmm. okay. It's yeah. like, why do you have to prove that? I don't have to prove to you that socks are comfortable. No one questions <laughs> it. They're just comfy. But I have to make a justification for slavery. And it's like, why, what are you justifying? Why are you justifying that? Mm -hmm. Well, why? because you recognize something is there that needs to be justified. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. The fact that you need to justify it means there's something. Something's there. Something's yeah. There. The fact that you it's feel the need line. to make a statement about it. It's, which is this, this is a great actually now I'm thinking about it the whole <laughs> like proud of your sexuality yeah. the fact that you feel like you need to be proud of it and speak it out that's, a, that's great to I, me is evidence that you recognize this is some abnormality something that is here. against the moral like bare bones of our culture like of the yeah. world that I need to then say I am not doing that and it's like well, see, it's interesting. You when, cannot do it, but the fact that you're saying you're not doing it and not just not doing it quietly right. tells me that you recognize that this is something that you need to butt up against. It's equally interesting that people will come back to you with the argument that it's saying, "Well, maybe these people have just been like de disenfranchised, and they actually have, you know, thought this way from the very beginning, and they've just been pushed down by culture," which is the flip side of that. But the thing is, is it's not something that was externalized upon them. It was like an internal process that they it's said hey, why are you, why <laughs> you know it makes them personally question which is why they are bringing it out it's why they're being so forward and open about it yep because they're bumping into something that's really there yeah sorry <laughs> it is okay. train. yeah we, we jumped the that gun but it was such a good jumping point i had to say it yeah i'm gonna read a chunk of the beginning of yeah. mere christianity in a little bit here we just gotta uh oh, we'll get there get through the rest of this um so essentially with moral relativism, you have no reason to value one side who promotes a perceived injustice over the other side who disagrees with that injustice because you don't, if, if morals are all relative, then yeah. it's an equal playing field. The people who think slavery is bad are equally ranked to the people who think slavery is good because you believe morals are yeah. subjective. You're both fighting like, from dunes of sand. Exactly. No one's on the rock. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. like my point uh, about again, the Nazis earlier, mm -hmm. if you think the Nazis have the absolute right to decide their own morality within their society, 
because they're the duly elected government of Germany, then what's then wh- who are you to say that what they're doing is wrong? They believe it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I, as equal as anything else. Right. So I, I think I'd, truth is uh, morals are definitely objective. Um, so it's weird that uh, you look at some of the craziest stuff in our culture right now with uh, mm-hmm. our, our revisionist history that we're going through. Um, 1619 project, um, mm-hmm. tearing down statues of Confederate soldiers or Confederate generals and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. like I think I saw in the news a Robert E. Lee statue is being taken down somewhere mm-hmm. like this week. Um, or to claim that slavery or racism is evil, um, just doesn't make sense unless you, because unless the political think, left in our culture is morally relativistic. Yes, it is morally relativistic. So but that's the thing is they, if they, they is, have a reason to be offended by those things. If it is morally relativistic, then my morality can be equally relative as your exactly. morality is equally relative. So where, how do you have the high ground? And what I was about to the, say, the biggest problem that I see in this is I don't know how you build a cult. You build it. You actually build a society around here. I don't know how you ever do it. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious because Scott just I've been, goes, I've been cut and off I was like, about to say, I've been cut and then off you like were like, three times. <laughs> I'm the, sorry, that was just the, way too much good comedy right there. Uh, that's the problem with being on a call is there's, late, uh. there's latency <laughs> and we inadvertently talk over each other all the time. Um, uh, so we have to be like me. extra quick to get your thought in. Otherwise, it's going to oh, get over. That was over. a good laugh. I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, guys. You're freaking welcome. <laughs> Uh, hit us with your thought. Scott thought. Uh, I want to hear it. You want a Scott thought? Yes. Give me here, that Scott thought. Here it comes. Scott thought. <laughs> That's kind of fun. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we have we have unleashed the beast here. Uh, here comes a Scott thought. <laughs> so, going back to episode twelve that I mentioned earlier that mm-hmm. just aired this week, Mike Winger said something where we the, our culture only affirms the subjective feelings of a select group of people mm-hmm. not the feelings of particularly people on the right or conservative christians or um like when someone feels like someone who is a boy feels like they're a girl we're supposed to celebrate that but we don't celebrate the person who feels like no they're actually still a boy right right so what's wrong with yeah yeah that that is a hilarious point i love it yeah, um, I, I honestly forgot how I was going to tie that back into what we were talking about. But it's is it just another well, your own personal morality? We we've determined that a couple half of our culture has determined that certain moralities are worth praising, and the one that is the I feel like a girl. Well, that's good, and it's like well, who are you to decide what good is? Interesting thing about that is but, it's based out of the point of like you know like okay I feel this way and you. Are it's like, oh, I feel like I'm a girl, for instance, right? And it's like, well, your feelings of saying I'm not a girl, it's like, okay, you have a feeling and I have a feeling. I feel like I'm a girl. And you're like, you're not a girl. And my that feeling offends me. And because you're affecting me as another person, then you're in the wrong. Because I am the one who's been victimized, essentially. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, in the end, it's just a giant chess piece to gain some sort of high ground. Yes. It's it's mm-hmm. not actually based in anything. You're just saying, right. I feel this way. Well, I feel this way. How are your feelings more valid? Well, because they hurt me. No, because you've decided they hurt you. 
Yes, you decided. That's they hurt it. You. It, it. You can't objectively. Well, how can you? They objectively because it hurts inside me. Well, it. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It hurts yeah. on the inside. The reason it hurts is because it it goes against some twisted belief you already had about yourself that wasn't necessarily true to begin with. I mean, but like, if there's a child in the road and I have to grab their arm and yank them out of the road so they do not get hit by a car, it's gonna hurt their arm when I do that. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't protecting that child. Exactly, you saved their life. So, again, back to the Mike Winger video, is it good to lie to people and say that you're actually like, oh no, you you really are. You, you've been a woman this whole time, you're just trapped in a man's body. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're just lying to them. It's like, who's to say that I'm that you're not being pulled out of the objective freight train <laughs> that is coming through? Because there's, there's one there. It, it exists. Right. We don't even understand the ramifications of accepting the things that have existed or even refuting them. But it's like, yeah. I right. don't know. So essentially, our, our culture, whatever... I got too deep on that one. I know. <laughs> I got way in the woods. I'm in no rabbit hole. <laughs> our culture, tr- truth is so relative to each individual now. Mm. Um, truth is whatever does not offend somebody. That is what is true. And every anything that does offend somebody is punishable by death <laughs> or cancellation, <laughs> you could say. Our, social our death. Cancel yeah. culture. Social death. Um, so yeah. this is one of the phrases that I hear that drives me nuts that I recently heard in a video that just, it just, it's one of those things that you go, oh, that's the nice new phrase that the kids are using. But if you don't pay attention to it, you wouldn't realize this is a more morally relative phrase mm-hmm. that is teaching moral relativism to your kids that you're not paying attention to. And that's when people say, this is my truth. Well, right. That's so, what we got there. It, what? I mean, that's literally how we got there. It's, it's people were coming up with more and more creative ways to make morally relative statements that sounded morally objective because moral yes. ob- objectivity used to be understood just like if common you say, sense. This is my truth. Yeah. You think it's the truth, but no, it's not. They're not saying this is the truth. They're saying it's my, my mean, truth. Common yeah. sense used to be common. Common sense is no longer common. Yeah. It's right. It's actually well, a bad phrase now to in say morally, anything is common sense. In a morally relative society, there cannot be there's no common. common. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's common. Everything's relative to each individual. You cannot have common sense because something that makes sense to you has no reason to make sense to anyone else because you're not appealing to any objective standard. Yeah. So the example I was about to bring up is there's a guy who's a, a golf vlogger. His name's Bubby, and he seems to be all around just like a great guy. Mm-hmm. I no, nothing. Good or ill to say, I'm just a totally great, normal dude. Yeah. Makes golf videos. And he made a, a personal vlog saying, I have to be honest about something. I have been hiding via editing every time I've ever made a YouTube video on my, you know, 100-something thousand subscriber channel. But I have Tourette's and I have yeah. a tick and a stutter. I saw that. Really? But I edit all of that out because I'm too ashamed of it to show you. Because it's embarrassing to me. So I just wow. wanted to share my truth and my story. And then he goes into this whole, like, this is my truth about what it's like to live with Tourette's. And I just thought everything about this video on its face is fine. It's a guy sharing his story of his life and a struggle of a medical problem and how it hasn't held him back and how he's become a super successful, really happy guy. And you don't have to let these personal mm-hmm. setbacks affect you. That's a great message and everything. Absolutely. But the fact that he frames it within, this is my truth. It's like, oh gosh, we're so done for. Even average people who don't even That's, deal with these topics oh, that we're talking about. I thought about, the same thing. Just 
on average, exist in a morally relative system. It was the, they think my truth is a fine sentence. It's the problem is the casual use of it mm-hmm. will lead yeah. will lead to this very slow drift of understanding in well, uh, like cultural like yeah. Uh, it's cultural, not the truth about Tourette's. It's yeah. my truth. And so what does that even mean, man? The uh, fantastic Jordan Peterson. Yes. Makes a, <laughs> he came back. He's back. Uh, he made, He's made a, a fantastic statement about this. And I was actually watching a recent video. I don't know when it came up, but there's always like some random, you know, conversation or debate or something that he's like been involved in that I haven't heard before. And it's like, Ooh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. And uh, he was talking about when he was under fire for, you know, saying, Hey, I'm not going to use preferred speech and pronouns for transgender people in, you know, in the university that he was in. And this guy's like, why can you say this? And he's like, well, it's, I would actually typically use these pronouns and things that people have because I want to be respectful and I want to be kind and I want to be understanding. It's like, it's like if someone tells you that their name is Steve and you decide, okay, Patricia, it's like, that's kind of you're being a jerk, you know? It's yeah. like at that extent, but it's like when it, he's like the moment that it became compelled, I decided that I'm, I'm drawing a line. Right. It's like the moment that you have made it a point of like, you have to say it this way is the moment where I'm going to draw that line. And this whole idea of, you know, my truth, right? It's like by controlling that language and saying you are going to say something a certain way or that this is the typical way of of communicating these things is it's so impactful on your understanding of just the main basis of the words themselves. And you can't, you cannot even say something. I mean, I've already made this point in a previous episode about the word gentleman. It's like literally that no longer, you cannot use that word for its intended meaning anymore. There's no way to say that word and actually explain what the original definition of that word was intended to use. Mm-hmm. You would have to go into a lengthy explanation just to get that point across because it's been completely destroyed. The definition has been destroyed and truth is on that train for being destroyed. Yeah. And it's and it's right at the basis of moral relativity. <laughs> the more that you make truth relative, the more that morality can become relative because mm-hmm. now it's your truth. There is There is no objectivity to it. And you can't even say that there is an objectivity because that is inherently offensive and that is not morally relative. Right. It's yet these people making these absurd claims about their gender identity. Mm -hmm. um, Like uh, who was the famous, was it Demi Lovato came out as, I forgot what she called herself. They. Uh, There was one recently. I think it was like one of the. And now. I, I have something to say after you. (laughs) refusal to refer to her by those preferred pronouns mm-hmm. is going to cost you dearly. Yep. Um, so, and I just, but, but why? Like they, they believe that. So we believe that they are being morally relative, but they believe that these new morals they just came up with are actually objective because mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. punish you. They believe they can punish within you within the relative system within the real. Yeah. And that's so freaking confusing. They believe Dude. that they have determined that our culture, these are the morals of, all, of, of our culture, and they control them. Yeah. And then when you butt up against it, they go, no, 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 no. These are the morals that we invented, and you're breaking them. And it's like, those aren't 
the objective morals. And they go, but right. these are our morals. And because mm-hmm. I'm a moral relativist, I think yeah. these are the morals. But you it's don't like, believe my morals. You're not relativist enough to believe that my morals are mine. I, I can't live my truth. I have to live your truth. Your truth is yeah. now the objective standard. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. This is a completely aside comment and not even directly to what we're talking about, but it's related to Demi Lovato. Okay. I was watching his trailer for Paris Hilton and Demi Lovato baking show on Netflix. Oh, so, you know, like it like Did comes they up use the pronoun? and so they, they literally described her as they, I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> I genuinely was like, do they make a typo? I know English. I can't understand <laughs> the sentence of what uh, they're saying because it didn't even make grammatical sense. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could massage my brain to eventually understanding what you're saying. But I literally missed like 10 seconds of what they were saying because I was trying to rectify what sentence they meant failure. in that yeah. sentence. And I was like, I got to rewind. I can't even, I don't even know what they said. <laughs> I don't even know. And I, like, I mean, that's like a totally a side thing, but it just, it literally, I thought I had had a stroke watching a thing. I had to oh, like shut man. it off and walk away. I was like, I don't even, I can't. <laughs> uh, okay. Kills me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, yes. So I want to read a little snippet of mere Christianity here. This will take, a few minutes. I'm about uh, it. This is the very beginning of the book. So C.S. Lewis is trying to make a case for why Christianity is uh, the one true religion, essentially. And um, if you haven't read this book, cannot suggest it enough. So the he starts his argument for proving Christianity's legitimacy by uh, trying to appeal to everybody through a few examples here. So I'll just start reading. Um, and this this will tie into... Moral objectivism, too. Um, So here we go. And I quote, Everyone has heard people quarreling. Sometimes it sounds funny and sometimes it sounds merely unpleasant. But however it sounds, I believe we can learn something very important from listening to the kind of things they say. They say things like this. How would you like it if anyone did the same to you? Or that's my seat. I was there first. Or leave him alone. He isn't doing you any harm. Why should you shove in first? Give me a bit of your orange. I gave you a bit of mine. Come on, you promised. People say things like that every day, educated people as well as uneducated, and children as well as grown-ups. Now, what interests me about all these remarks is that the man who makes them is not merely saying that the other man's behavior does not happen to please him. He is appealing to some kind of standard of behavior which he expects the other man to know about. And the other man very seldom replies, To hell with your standard. Nearly always, he tries to make out that what he has been doing does not really go against the standard. Or that if it does, there is some special excuse. He pretends, Such a great observation, it's man. so freaking good. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. so and smart. That was me. That was unquote. Yes. <laughs> See us close to that. It's so freaking so smart. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that. It's so good. Roasted. <laughs> um, back in. He pretends there is some special reason in this particular case why the person who took the seat first should not keep it. Or that things were quite different when he was given that bit of orange. Or that something has turned up which lets him keep, which lets him off keeping his promise. It looks, in fact, very much as if both parties had in mind some kind of law or rule of fair play or decent behavior or morality or whatever you like to call it, about which they really agreed. And they have. If they had not, they might, of course, fight like animals. 
but they cannot quarrel in the human sense of the word. Quarreling means trying to show that the other man is in the wrong, and there would be no sense in trying to do that unless you and he had some sort of agreement as to what right and wrong are, just as there would be no sense in saying that a footballer had committed a foul unless there was some agreement about the rules of football. Unquote. Just... So good, man. Such a smart, such a smart man, observation. I, I love even just like the way that he writes it or he just goes, he just says a whole bunch of things like, like both parties have some kind of law or rule of fair play or some decent behavior or morality. It's like, <laughs> just that's toughen. really the one I'm talking about. But right. you know, all those other ones you already agreed with. So now you can't disagree with my last one. <laughs> uh, I made this a point. Good I'm, I'm reading a C.S. Lewis book, a different C.S. Lewis book. Or I just recently read two of his books in the past couple of weeks. They're good stuff. And when when you read one of his books, and then you read a different book from like a, a young author who's written his first major hit series, mm-hmm. it hits you in the eyes <sighs> so hard how well written C.S. Lewis is. Yeah. Or just like the thing you observe, <laughs> you go, the way he phrased that, he didn't just say, and that's moral, that, that's morality. He leads you into the idea so nicely that you mm-hmm. just go, uh-huh, yes. Enter my brain straight to the <laughs> yes. corner. Let's go. Get in there. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, good he, job, uh, Lewis. <laughs> he's an expert at easing you into the idea. He mm-hmm. leads, uses a bunch of small statements that you can already agree with and then makes the big claim at the end. Like mm-hmm. Nathan just said, there's a rule of fair play or decent behavior or morality or whatever you like to call it. And it's like, oh, yeah, dang, and then, you're right. And then he even does, or whatever you like to call it. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, okay, this is my actual point, but you know what? I'm not even married to it. Sure. What, whatever you want to call it. Right. Go for it. I'll make you think this by page 100. You'll be all in. But right now, let's just keep sliding you down the road. Uh, right. Brilliant. Man. Anyway, but his point being that we interact with this. We, we are, I already jumped the gun on this earlier because we had a great jumping off point before mm-hmm. that I couldn't resist sharing. But the fact that we all, for some reason, have this baseline sense of fairness, it's mm-hmm. why the biggest cry in our culture today is injustice yep. Yep. and inequality. Yeah. Because there's something super base in us that goes, something was unfair here and something needs to happen because something was unfair. Mm-hmm. And everyone agrees on that. No one thinks fairness doesn't exist. Monkeys understand fairness. Okay, it's right. something super base in us. It's fascinating that we don't think about it, as you were saying earlier. We're totally blind to this. We never question it. But everybody believes in fairness mm-hmm. across right. the board. Well, that's the yeah. thing that's so interesting is that there is conflict between fairness and morality because it's unfair that there's people that live on less than 50 cents a day and there's also a uh, multi-billionaires <laughs> and it's like well that's not fair okay but it, is it morally wrong that they have that money maybe maybe they obtained it through nefarious things but it's like are you the one who's going to just take that away would if you had the multi-billion dollars would you want somebody to just come in and take it away yeah i don't know but the, the solutions are not clear either. That's the other thing. Um, yeah, I no no kid has ever had a toy stolen from him and just been cool with it. Unless you're it's, a giant pushover. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but even then, That's they're true. not cool with it. They're just silent <laughs> on, on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah, or, actually, they'd be even less cool with it. I'm pretty sure. 
That, that's how you know. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I want to throw in here is, mm-hmm. as I said in the beginning, when you hear that bullet point definition of moral relativism, of how, look, cultures are different. We have different rules. Some things are not cool in this culture. Mm-hmm. That just means that every culture has a different morality. If you've never thought about this and you've never read a book on it, you've never read a smart person who's really dug through this and done some heavy researching and heavy thinking and written some really smart stuff about it, mm-hmm. you might think that makes sense. Morality is relative. End of that checkbox, nailed it. I understand morality now. And you might think that you have a sufficient understanding. And it's not until you read a book like Mere Christianity where you go, dude, I had no idea the depth of thinking that has gone into this thing that I thought I understood. Mm, yeah. And I think so much of our culture, I describe this as like the Wikipedia problem where so many people have a, the summary of the Wikipedia article level of understanding of most mm-hmm. things that they think they just grasp all concepts and you go, uh, you probably haven't really, especially I see this as Christianity the most mm-hmm. where you ask someone what's Christianity. They go, that's people who believe in Jesus. It's like, yes, that's the first line of the Wikipedia article. You're Good not, job. You're not it's wrong. like, that's all you know, man. There is so much you're not talking about. That is a but, 51% answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are technically going to one side, but it's also like you have explained nothing and said nothing, yeah. essentially. And I think morality is something that we are in our culture right now. People haven't realized that well, we have totally shifted from an objectively moral society to a subjective one, as we're saying with this whole like different language that's popping up and the my truth stuff and the transgender stuff and just the way they argue about the the way they make those arguments is a morally relativistic argument. It isn't an absolute. Well, and they also claim science. Argument. They also claim science is on their side, which which also is a relativistic <laughs> argument. Well, that's the difficult thing is like objective morality. We don't know. Like, we just genuinely, I mean, we can believe, but we can't know, like, truly, like, because we've already talked about this, even in this podcast. It's like, how can you really know what the objective, yeah, like, like, the I true objective morality. all of the objective morals right now. Like, you could have a list of all the objective morals, and how do you prove that they are the objective morals? But the thing is, is if you live in a morally relative society or just if if morality is accepted as relative even if you don't have the true objective like even if this is wrong everyone has to collectively agree that it is the objective morality it is the standard that we're going to measure by exactly what c.s lewis was talking about he's like that's my seat hey i gave you some of my orange i get a little bit of yours now and it's always this conversation about you know, trying to prove, oh, well, this is a different circumstance than that. And you're actually discussing the moral understanding, but there has to be, there has to be morals. There has to be true objective morals that can be agreed upon. I mean, it's the basis for society. And so this idea that we can continuously say that morality is relative, it just doesn't function. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as Christians, we believe the world would be much better off if everyone were a Christian. That's why Jesus said, go and go to all the earth, go out into all the world and make more disciples. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that's what we have been instructed to do by Jesus. And Jesus made an absolute claim, which Mm -hmm. is that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. 
no one comes to the Father except through me. That's an absolute claim. Yeah. So, and it includes in it. It's I am the truth. I is am an the truth. Unbelievable statement, man. That's right. such a thing to say. It it is baffling that people. And it's even, it's baffling that even in churches will accept people saying that Jesus was a good teacher. That's all he was. And it's like, he was either correct or a madman that needed to be destroyed. That's another C.S. Lewis quote. He's either a liar, a lunatic. Like he left no room. Like there was no wriggling out of what he said. It was either blasphemy and he needed to be destroyed on the spot and it wouldn't be surprised if lightning didn't come out and destroy him. Right. But like, he left no room. There was no wiggle room for him to be like, oh, I just talk good things. No. Right. So f- his claims were unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. So for us, the reason we are Christians is very simple. We took that statement seriously. Yes. It's like, is Jesus right or is he wrong? And we believe he's right. <laughs> so like, there's no room for any other religion. It's either Christianity or not. It makes an exclusive claim about itself. Mm-hmm. That is either true or false, and, and we believe it's true. And as you were saying at the beginning, the thing that's difficult for me about this, mm. and the reason why I, I reference this Wikipedia, you know, like in, at first line of the Wikipedia article level understanding, is there are plenty of Christians who are morally relativistic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have to think in order to believe that, because they think that, like you must not have studied morality much. There's no way, because Christ makes an absolute claim about morality. He says, I am the truth. If you are going against me, you are not truthful. Yeah. That is an absolute claim about morality. Yeah. If you you look, can't be relativistic. If you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery, essentially. That's uh, it. That's, that's it. not an option. It's not an option. That's, mm-hmm. Everything Jesus said, that those are our standards for morality. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's so objective. I don't... So when a Christian says that they're, when they, well, they don't even say that they are morally relativistic because they probably don't even know. They probably will just say morally relativistic things or more make a relativistic exactly. they're argument. They're unaware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just go, look, you probably haven't even read, you, you must not have even studied this because yeah, if you like did, I, I don't think you could land on that conclusion. I don't think it's possible. I saw another person who on, on Facebook recently, um, who would call herself a Christian Mm-hmm. Just make a long post about how upset she is about the Texas banning of abortions past six weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which just happened recently. Um, and Praise she, God, by the way. I know. That's so good. And she, But her, her point was like, I'm not pro-choice, but I am pro that woman who was raped, or I am pro that... Um, Blah, blah 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 you know fill in this your is the dumbest argument fill in your terrible scenario here and my the whole time i was reading i was like okay do any of those justify murder and she even said in the statement i believe abortion is killing but I was like, okay why would you i had a bad day so i killed my neighbor it's like you don't get to do, you don't get that, to do man. that there's no that's not a thing right so i don't know as christians it's just an example of christians being very confused yeah. Um, again, I don't blame the person. It's the like, oh, I don't think you've really looked into this. Right. That's what yeah. I land on is, and dude, I, you must not have really dove down. You must have been given an answer and thought, oh, that's the answer. And now we're here. And I think that's also the difficulty is that there are some things that we can look at that have fallen into the objectively wrong 
and morally wrong for so long, like murder, and for people to just overtly act as if it isn't morally wrong because it's convenient a lot of times, it seems. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that it's always that, but for for simply like, it's like I can't even get into your, like I can't even have a conversation if you can't just agree that you're killing a baby and that murdering babies, blanket, let's finish, hold, this is my statement. Murdering babies is morally wrong. Done. Like that's the, like if we can agree on that, it's like that's a totally, then, then we can have a conversation about what to do it because there are babies and that they they can be a problem <laughs> like that exists. <laughs> yeah. There are people that do get raped and it's like, well, what do you do in that situation? I'll, yeah, I'll grant you the it's fact like, that that is we can a have a conversation sucky when we get there. situation and I don't envy you one bit, but still, you don't know the potential you are wrecking by aborting this kid. You don't know what the kid is going to turn into. Mm-hmm. Could be the person who invents the next great thing in the world. You, you, you have no idea. Um, but because it is so inconvenient to you at the time, you're just not willing to, to do it. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, I think <laughs> killing babies, never okay, ever. The only exception I ever grant to it is if, the, if mom is going to die unless they kill the baby. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, God, I have no idea. Yeah, you got me what, on that one. I don't know what the <laughs> which way I mean, to go. You there. can you can go down. It's like the trolley problem. <laughs> do you well, call this one person that you do know, or these five people you don't know? It's like, do you pull the lever? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That, that's a really but tough. The, one. This, the, just to throw it out there, and then and then we'll I think we'll wrap this up. This has been going yeah, for yeah. a hot minute here. But if you ever hear that argument of. Well, what about the case of rape or, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, they don't have the financial means. They're going to give the kid, the kid's going to be brought up into poverty and he doesn't so deserve I, that. Like, just respond. Okay. Grant you, I will give you all of that. Now will you ban all abortions after six weeks other than those circumstances? They'd go, well, no, I still think it's wrong. It's like, exactly. You're only saying that because you think I'll say no in those cases. Yeah. You don't care. Yeah. Do you think abortion should be legal because you think morally it's fine because you're a moral relativist. You're just yeah. making those arguments because you think it'll, you'll, you'll think it'll make me back down. If you just say, look, I'll grant you that if it's a rape, you can kill it. If it's incest, you can kill it. If the person is homeless and has no, is and has no money abort it. Now will you ban the rest of them? They go, no, because I still think it shouldn't be banned. It's like, there you go. That's the point. You yeah. don't actually care. You're yeah. relative on it, man. I will say, I feel like we've had kind of a series of like the last four or five episodes have been not related to children at all, but they definitely are pertaining to our thoughts. Because I was thinking about this. I was like, how does this actually come back around? But I I feel like it definitely, it's like, these are the, these are the building blocks that we have to know and truly have a firm foundation on to be able to pass it on to our kids. Yeah. Like these are the things more that are going to be previous generations. Right. The world is going to try and teach the exact opposite of what we're talking about. Yeah. You said that in an earlier, early, let me try that again. We got this. You said that in an earlier episode, Jeff, um, mm-hmm. where the culture is not, you said there's this default atheism problem in our culture now. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. the, our kids will not learn moral behavior from their peers anymore. It's going to come from us. Yeah. I, so we have to be I prepared quite well. Yes. For all that. Yeah. But yeah. So 
Thanks for tying that back around, Nathan. I didn't. Hey, we're we're gonna. I didn't even think to do that. I just I was so (laughs) in the weeds on this topic. We've been on. We've been like building, kind of progressively on our thoughts and stuff on these things. So, no, I think it's fine. We're we're still dads. Would you you wouldn't (laughs) say we've been building conservatively? We had to be building progressively. Uh, Only progressive. Oh, that word is so ruined for me. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's a good word for it, but the I hate term the word. <laughs> offends me. <laughs> oh man, it makes me feel. You shall be canceled. Well, hey, that was a that was a good one. I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us, people. Yep. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, apparently Twitter. We're gonna get that going. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's probably already going. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's all we got for this week. We'll talk at you next week um so this is scott nathan and jeff signing off cheers cheers do the thing bye